Information presented on health-related programs on WERU is not meant to be taken as medical advice. Please talk with your health care provider if you have any questions or concerns. Support for WERU comes from our listeners, individual and family members, business members, and program underwriters. Thank you for your support. Info online at WERU.org. It's just a few seconds before 10 o'clock, and you are tuned to WERU-FM 89.9 Blue Hill, 99.9 Bangor, and streaming online everywhere at WERU.org. Healthy Options with your host, Rhonda Feynman, is up next. Good morning. I'm Rhonda Feynman, and thanks for tuning in to Healthy Options. Our topic today is how to stay healthy and strong during the winter months, seasonal transitions. We'll explore this from the perspective of East Asian medicine, and our guest today is Zoe Brenner. We'll also discuss some techniques we can all use to bolster our immune system as the season is changing. And Zoe Brenner earned her master's degree in acupuncture from the College of Traditional Chinese Medicine in England in 1976. She went on to study Chinese herbal medicine with Ted Kapchuk and Japanese acupuncture with Stephen Birch. She's worked closely with Father Claude Laure and Elizabeth Rochette de la Vallée, I'm probably not pronouncing that right, but Zoe will correct me, who are two of the foremost authorities on Chinese medical and philosophical texts and whose translations of these primary sources are widely read and studied. Zoe Brenner is also an author. She's published numerous articles on Chinese medicine and has contributed chapters to acupuncture textbooks. She's taught various aspects of acupuncture and herbal medicine since 1980 in the United States and in Europe and became a practitioner of Toyahari-style Japanese acupuncture in 1997. She's now an international instructor of Toyahari-style Japanese acupuncture. She serves as president of the Washington, D.C. branch of the Toyahari Association and is the academic vice president of the National Toyahari organization. She maintains a lively practice in Maryland, her private practice there, and I am very pleased to welcome her today to today to Healthy Options. Zoe, did you, did you know you did all that? <laughs> Sometimes it feels like it. Sometimes it's gone by in a flash. <laughs> <laughs> well, great. Um, thanks for taking the time to be with us today. Thanks, Rhonda. Yeah, so... Um, you know, it's it's just been very, very uh, crazy weather around here in, in Maine. I'm not sure what it's like in, in Maryland. Um, but last week it was 13 degrees and 30 degrees, and today it's 50 degrees. Yeah, it's the same here. It's very crazy. Unseasonable, unseasonably warm. And a couple of week, uh, last week it was quite cold. So what do yeah. we do? How do you know? How can we uh, let, let's let's start a little bit with understanding why that's important in terms of of maintaining our health as seasons change. You know. Well, I think uh, acupuncture really and East Asian medicine really pays attention to natural process, so the, uh, observing it and then helping people to get back in alignment according uh, to the season with treatment, but. In terms of our own uh, understanding, one of the first things I would say is when it becomes unseasonable, the weather becomes unseasonable, then it's not um, unreasonable to feel a little under the, under the weather, basically. <laughs> <laughs> so don't get, get mad at yourself that you're not feeling right because somehow the season and you are not quite in alignment. And <clears throat> so 
one of the things I think is to just look at what's the natural phenomena of the winter. And the winter is a time of um, kind of going inside. The sap returns to the roots, and uh, we should be storing and being more internal. It's darker, you know, sort of a version of hibernating. So if we are in ourselves not in alignment with that, if we're not doing that, then we're going to not feel as well. So, Um, yeah, go ahead. So... So um, that means resting more, sleeping more, not uh, spending too much because you should be storing to get through the winter, which is unfortunately the exact opposite of what we do around the holidays. Yes. How many parties have you been invited to recently? (laughs) Yes. Parties, staying out late, spending more money than you have. um, All the stresses. Yeah. And so if if you are aware of that, that what the natural phenomena is, is different than what we're being required to do, you need, it's helpful to try and balance it. When you're not going out and staying out all night, then you should be sleeping more. (laughs) I think that's why sometimes people in in late January and February start feeling horrible uh, because they've spent everything they needed to get through the winter. I mean, energy-wise as well as money and everything else. And they haven't really paid attention to what the, what the season requires. That That's really interesting, this idea of, of, of a dynamic between the internal and external world and i think that is something that east asian medicine works with you know we talk about a, a variety of of causes of illness and imbalance and maybe you could talk to a little bit about about what that means what you know we i, I guess we, in in the translation we talk about the emotions we talk about wind and damp and nature and and all of that maybe we can expl- kind of put this in a context of uh, of what that means uh, in in ourselves well, it means being in alignment with what is happening, both in ourselves and in our environment, which means our personal environment, our emotional environment, you know, and, and work and so on, as well as what's happening in the season. And trying to find a way to match that together, because when we're not in alignment, we're working against ourselves. And that's some of what illness is about. So, you know, just the example I was bringing up is if, you, if you're staying out really late and using up all your energy in a season that you should be hibernating more, you're going to feel bad. Um, so, so then, go ahead. What happens, um, you know, so we're talking about winter, but let's, let's kind of get a, a broader perspective. Okay. So we're, 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 because we'll get back to lots of specifics. Um, okay. We're getting, um, we're having this winter hibernation, and then the, we're going to be making another transition come the spring, and uh-huh. that's when that energy starts moving again. And, and what you were saying is, if you've used it all, there's not enough to get up. It's it's sort of like the the cycle of the day. If you don't sleep very much in the night when you should be sleeping, when you get up in the morning, you don't feel vim and vigor and ready to go and the same thing in the spring if you've used up all the energy you should be storing in the winter um when the spring comes there's not much vitality uh to do that and then in the summer you've already worn out what the vitality that you've been 
trying to get together to get through the spring and there's not enough to bloom, you know, to, to come to fruition, which you would in the summer. Um, it, you can actually see it in nature when you have a very warm winter, for instance, the spring is not so vibrant. The flowers and the fruits and so on are not as, as um, uh, just robust. Um, they say apples require that there's so, so many days of freezing. That's right. And if you don't have that, you just don't get as vibrant a spring and summer. And so it affects way down the road what, you know, what you're doing. So, you know, that transition, it's really important to pay attention to what should be happening and try and and accommodate that as much as possible. Obviously, there are other circumstances. But the more we can be the winter in the winter, (laughs) the, the better we are in the spring and the better we are in the summer. And it's true with each each uh, season, if you're if you are doing what needs to be done in the spring um, for your energy, then you'll have a better summer and fall and winter. And what happens in the fall? People uh, often ask. You know that's <laughs> that that seems uh, confusing to some. We know that in, in the summer, where uh, it gets nice and hot, what, what, how do we? You know, how did we make that transition? Well, that one's a hard transition, yes. I think, for people to go from being out there and playing in the in the light and the heat and, you know, just kind of being free and easy. You're supposed to let your hair, the, the, one of the classic texts says, in the summer you let your hair flow <laughs> instead of tying it up. So, you know, your your energy is, is kind of going out and is easy moving. And in the fall, you're starting to come back down and in and um, uh, concentrate more. And we do that, excuse me, by children are going to school at that time. You have to sit down and concentrate. It's, it's a time of reorganizing and focusing and kind of starting the transition to go inward. And for some people, that's a really hard transition to go from being out there to being in. Yeah. It's a time of letting go of the external and um, in, in uh, acupuncture in East Asian medicine we talk about the the um, time of the summer being the, the emotion that uh, associated with is joy and the fall is associated with grief with um, letting go and that's what happens is the the trees the external vibrancy of the trees in terms of its their leaves drop and the sap starts to go into the the roots and so you're letting go of the external and coming inside and there's a poignancy in it that's sad but it's also poignant because you see this this bright show of color and you know the last gasp of the leaf but then the leaf becomes the um, fertilizer for the next year's growth. And and the cycle continues. And the cycle continues. Which brings us to, I, I think, I, I would say based on the, the the calendar and also based on the experience of the of the weather, we're we're in the fall winter transition right now, wouldn't, wouldn't you say? Even if um, normally it's 
Well, Very cold. It, yeah, we're 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 sort of <clears throat> extending that transition because it got warmer. But actually, the Chinese calendar, you look more at the uh, sun yes. and the solstice. And, and the interesting thing about December is it's really, <clears throat> sorry, it's the time of the solstice. And um, so it's the time of the darkest time of year. So it's really, in, in Chinese terms, it's midwinter. And it's when things start to turn around, and by February the sap is starting to rise. So we're really in the in the throes of it. We're we're, we're having a long transition, but and this is unseasonable weather. But the the winter is really the the December mid December is really the time of the solstice, and it's sort of interesting. I've I've thought this is fascinating because a lot of uh, cultures around the world have a, a solstice celebration and some of the major religions do as well except that we don't call them solstices but they're the same kind of celebration because it's the darkest time of year and so hanukkah for instance which was a military victory and not a very important religious holiday but w- the thing that's important in in the holiday is the celebration of light that light lasted longer than it should have. So you're celebrating the light in the darkness. Hmm. And Christmas um, was actually not the birth of Christ because, and it wasn't established until a thousand years after his lifetime. What they did was appropriate the solstice and use it as a symbol of the birth of light in darkness. You know, celebrate, yeah, celebrating the return of life. And so all of those are um, about being in, you know, closed in, in and uh, surrounded by family and remembering the warmth and remembering that the light's returning. So in Chinese medicine, we talk about the, the water element, which is associated with the wit- winter, is, has a fire aspect as well as a water aspect and the fire aspect is that light within the darkness which allows for the return of the of the life in the spring the fire starts to rise oh that's a very interesting idea so 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 in the winter we need both the the hibernating the cool calm you know sleeping more but we also need to remember the light within which is our spirit and our um, warmth and connections internally with people and family and, you know, in our body. So the tradition of coming together, the in, in yeah. Native traditions, the storytelling, coming inside, being yeah. together, remembering roots, remembering where you've come from. Yeah, and, and celebrating... In in terms of Judaism and, and Christianity, this idea of celebrating light and darkness, and and actually the solstice um, brought us from Europe brought us the Christmas tree. <laughs> Unfortunately, we kill the one thing that shows the light, the evergreen, <laughs> and bring it inside. But the idea is celebrating something that's evergreen to remind us that life is coming back. 
I, this idea of the fire within the, the, the water, the yin and the yang, it's, nothing is the absolute. Right. So in our bodies, what, how, how will that look? Or I, I think people are familiar with it, but they just don't put it into these kinds of uh, hmm. framework. So we associate the water with fear and, and that kind of idea. Can you, can you speak about, about that? A, a little bit. Well, it's fear has um, a, a positive and negative aspect. If it freezes you up so that you can't um, can't move, if you get that afraid, then it's out of balance. Or if you have no fear, like daredevils that risk their life all the time because they can't feel appropriate levels of fear, so they have to push it really far. Those are out of balance. But appropriate fear is something that tells you, for instance, if you're walking along in a, in a city and you see a dark street and it's, the other end of it is where you want to get to and you see there's no lights on the street, you have to, your, your fear comes up to say, you know, maybe this isn't safe to walk down the street. Maybe I should go around in a lighted area. And that's appropriate because that's life-saving, or it could be. Um, or even... People talk about stage fright, for instance, and that makes you, a certain amount of it makes you more alert to what's going on. So fear has a really positive aspect and protective and making you alert and aware, but it's also about retreating inward so that you check in. You know, it, it, that's that kind of going in like the hibernation going in, checking in, and seeing whether it seems okay to be out. Hmm. Yeah. And the light inside, the fire, is what motivates you to come out and to connect. And it, it keeps you okay while you're down in. Um, so it's about love and um, connection and, and warmth and um, those kinds of things. And it's, we need to remember when it's cold and we're retreating or we're retreating either way, um, we need to remember that there is warmth, there is love, there is connection. We don't have to stay down in. We can come back out. So those opposites, that yin and yang aspect is in, in, in all seasons and it's in all of us all the time. Yes. So we really are carrying around our own balance, aren't we? Yes. And they need to be in balance. As I was saying about the, the fear, is yeah, it's appropriate to have fear. If you don't, you're in trouble. And if you have too much so that you're frozen, you're in trouble. So there is a, a place in between that's really healthy. The porridge is just right, Zoe. Yes. That's right. Yeah. And even joy, when we talk about joy in the summer, too much joy dissipates you. If you laugh too much too long, you start to feel really exhausted. You wake up the next morning exhausted. I just had too much fun last night. but it's, <laughs> <laughs> so it, Well, I mean, there's a, there's a balance between the two. And, and, and oftentimes people who are laughing too much are really crying inside. That's right. And so we have to really look at what's appropriate. Right, in the moment and in, yeah. the, in, the, in the season. Yeah. 
Well, I'm Rhonda Feynman, and I just want to, for those who've just tuned in, you're tuned to Healthy Options. And it's on WERU Community Radio. We're speaking with Zoe Brenner, acupuncturist, Chinese herbalist, about how do, the changing seasons affect our health and well-being and how we can stay healthy throughout the winter and beyond. Thanks for joining us again, and Zoe, thanks for, for being here. Sure. So this, this idea in the, in the fall... Because we're in that very long transition, we talk about the the metal element, yes. Mm-hmm. And tell, let's talk about that because I think people are having a, we're we're in between the the what we've discussed with the water fire. How would you describe that? Well, um, one of the things that you had brought up was the emotions, and um, and I, I and uh, as I said before. The transition from the summer to fall is hard. I think that's the most difficult to go from out to in for a lot of people. But the same thing is true with grief. Uh, when people say, what's the most uncomfortable emotion that you've noticed for people? And it's really grief. People do everything to avoid grief. Um, they, they run away from it. They don't want to feel lost. And, it, you know, sort of one of the things that people do in our, in our culture is you lose something, you get a new one. You, you lose a lover, you find another one. You, <laughs> you know, you lose your necklace, you buy another one, whatever. But um, that we don't want to pause and feel the, the tenderness of that, of feeling loss. And it's just uncomfortable to people. And we also, watching other people go through grieving, um, we don't want to talk about it. We want them to go away. We don't want them to bring that up to us. And I've seen this over and over again. And I think it's really a shame because, as I was saying, the leaves falling off the trees um, create the the um, fertilizer for the next year's growth. The same thing with grief is if we... Um, I actually had a patient who had a very horrible disease uh, died last week and I visited her memorial service. It was very, very sad because she she went through it very quickly and it was just very sad kind of thing. But what I when I think about that process, I think about the the external person that was there that we had a relationship with is gone. But who they were to us, what was important about who they were and what our interaction was, is always with me. It never, that never goes away. But it's inside of me. It's no longer, I no longer see it as an external. I see it as something, I can see it as something inside of me. And that's part of the process of grieving is, realizing that what is really essential, what is the core, is there. It doesn't go. The external manifestation goes, just like the leaves fall off the trees. But the the richness of that is still with me. And always, that doesn't die. And it's interesting that we talk about as the metal element, because metals and jewels and crystals, all of those things are the leaves <laughs> and wood and all of that that have deteriorated down to their essential elements, to the minerals. 
inside the earth. So it's the same process as there's something precious that is left. It doesn't have all the fluorescence, um, the external manifestation that it did when it was alive, but it's now the essential elements. And that's what happens in, in grieving is you really, if you pay attention to what's really essential, you won't feel so bereft, and yet you're letting go of what's not important and what feeds the next year or the next part of your life. I think a lot of people who have let themselves grieve realize that it makes you realize how precious life is. So you come, again, the full circle to the, to the understanding of what's inside of us. Yeah. And the relationship to what's outside on every level. Yes. Not just, it's, you know. It's not just about a person or leaves. It's a whole process of letting go. And even the metal is associated with the lungs, which is breathing. And in one second, you're breathing in and then you're breathing out. So you're taking in the richness of the oxygen and you're letting go of the what's not needed, which is carbon dioxide basically but but you're taking in and letting go it's a constant process so so maybe we could just take a moment and everyone now together we can all take a nice big breath even if you're driving you can do this safely don't close your eyes just feel that breathing in and that exhale the taking it in the loss of letting it out but also the understanding that that is actually our life that's how you know, we can we can live a long time without food, possibly, and, and water, but forget if we don't have that breath coming in. You know. and, and letting it go. And letting it go. Because one of the problems, I and mean, a lot of breathing problems are actually because you can't let go. You have trouble exhaling rather than just the inhaling. So we need to remember it's both. Mm. So in order to uh, treat that sort of thing... And as we get into some self-help, some ideas, we're, we're, that's what we're working on, that to calm the, the system in a, in a way and balance the system so that that letting go can happen, which also helps you move right into the, the winter, the, the coming in, the internal aspect, the coming, bringing in and letting, letting go. And any suggestions or ways? How do you look at treating that in, as in, in your practice? Well, what you just did is really important is is getting people aware of breathing and and bringing in air and then letting it go and and being very conscious of the process because any place you you um in the system any place you um stir up that process of of taking in and letting go affects all of them so you know, in terms of emotions, having people be aware that they can let go of things, that uh, it's okay to come back inside. You don't have to be out there. I had a patient years ago who said something very memorable to me. He said he only had a forward gear. He had no reverse gear. Very good. And that's exactly what was weak in him was his metal. He didn't know how to come back in. He only went forward, which is the spring. 
it's the it's the going outward the the powerful movement outward but he didn't have the balance of the retreat and that's the metal is the retreat and and that was the treatment and that was the treatment was to support his metal so that he knew how to come back inside <laughs> and not just keep pushing outward and fighting on which is what he was doing he had no idea of how to do that in himself so bringing it up emotionally and and just thinking about that is what what can you do to reinforce that movement in yourself because it's healthy also by just breathing it helps reinforce that or by throwing things out getting rid of stuff that's cluttering your life that you don't need or or recycling it passing it on to someone who needs it mm. um excellent <clears throat> Yeah. I mean, that's what also in, in cultures around the world, um, you see what we sort of generally call potlatch ceremonies. Um, and you see it in other ways. It's not just the Northwest Coast Indians. But the idea is after the harvest, the fall is the time of of the the fruition, the harvest. And you're letting go of the plant, but you keep what's left, what's, what's going to nourish you. You know, and, the, and the green parts go, but the but the potatoes are there, and the and the squash, and you know the apples, and so on. And you save that to nourish yourself. But in the potlatch, what happens is the community um, gets together and and distributes the the um, the fruits and the you know vegetables and so on, so that everybody can get through the winter. So. Uh, and I think that's where the idea of gift exchange came from, is that you give away of your excess. Unfortunately, we we go into debt rather than, and we don't give to people who need, we give to people who already have. But the idea of it was you let go of what you don't need, and someone else may. So this idea of everyone being cared for, that there's yeah. abundance, that there's enough. Yeah. Will satisfy and can soothe that sense of fear in 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 the sense of imbalance of of not having or some scarcity or right. some and and that idea of loss as well or gaining or how we in our in our culture with these the idea of having to accumulate. Yeah. And and if you think about it in terms of fruits and vegetables and so on, if you have more than you can use, it rots. And it becomes something not good, or unless you put it in your, your compost heap. But <laughs> <laughs> That's right. But, which is then recycling it. This but, is true. But, but if you someone else to, could have eaten it who's hungry. Yeah, someone else could have gotten the nourishment from it. And so it's the same thing with our emotions, is if we hold on to all this stuff, and all these grudges and all these whatever longings and so on, if we hold on to them, they sort of create an imbalance in ourselves. But the idea of letting things go, you know, you know, I had this grudge. Think of how good it feels when you let go of a grudge and realize that it really didn't hurt that person. It hurt you more than them. Yes. And that's that whole process of you don't have to hold on to things. You need to cycle them through. And that is um, 
absolutely one of the the perfect ways to maintain your health as the seasons change and that's what we're talking about today on healthy options um our guest today is uh chinese herbalist acupuncturist author and teacher zoe brenner and again we're speaking about east asian medical perspective on how to stay healthy and strong during the winter season and also uh, making transitions throughout the entire year so Let's just have a moment of all of us to be thinking about of letting go of something that we can, getting enough, the idea of trust that we'll have enough, and then the idea of, of moving things on. And now we also know that there are the very nuts and bolts perspective. I don't have enough money, my job, you know, all of those things certainly play into it. And um, and so that's also part of of, of putting the real life, real living perspective into all of this philosophy and, and, uh, and, and perspective of the East Asian of medicine. Um, but the, I, I just had a thought that yes. one of the things that we run into on many levels um, is people holding on to things that are not useful to them, but then there's no room for what is useful. So that process of letting go makes room for something to come in that you need. Making room for what you need. Yes. Mm. So if you don't exhale, you can't inhale. That's <laughs> On right. a very simple level. But if you have too much baggage, you know, we talk about emotional baggage. If you have too much emotional baggage that you're not letting go of, you don't let in something fresh and light that is much more nourishing you so getting enough rest sorting (laughs) which has its own challenges (laughs) yes yes yes. yeah it's interesting i noted for years when i treated someone often in the beginning they'd come back and they'd come in for various different problems but it was very it was fairly common that someone would come back and said, I don't know what happened in that treatment, but I just cleaned out my, my uh, hall closet or I just started on my basement and started <laughs> letting go of things there. And it wasn't that that was my direction, but as soon as they started getting something that they needed, they realized they could let go of all this other stuff they were holding on to. So regaining balance will allow that flow of energy. Yeah. That- that yeah. taking in and letting go. Yeah, because we, we don't want our life to stagnate. I mean, that's really the main aspect of imbalance. In fact, pain is stagnant, stagnation of our vitality. So we want to keep it cycling and moving. <clears throat> this is a, I, we're having a moment of silence on the radio just to take that in. <laughs> being totally in balance but we can't have too much dead air but it, it's okay that moment of silence let's have another breath everybody oh, i will since it's radio i'll be louder but you don't have to be loud at all <laughs> very good i'm 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 i, I yes this, this is a lovely moment now to talk about i i think uh some of the external natural phenomena the the wind aspect 
and the the dampness and how that affects that internal terrain as it were of everything that we've we've been talking about so we we walk through the world and then there is there are the elements there's nature um so how you know what we talk about keeping put a scarf on you know when it's windy out you know keep keep the in order to keep the balance from um within us and and externally uh there are something practical things that we can do let's let's talk about that for a moment any any ideas there well one thing i as you were saying that it brought to mind we were just talking about stagnation wind is the opposite of that it's change and it is about change and excuse me I'm having trouble with my <laughs> fall throat. Here, I'd give um, you some water if you were here. but No, no, it's just uh, I, I had a little uh, cold and I'm getting uh, over it. But, um, How could that be? <laughs> <laughs> Being human and having stress. That's it. Yes, um, I, 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 only have, get, yes. I don't get colds from other people so much as I get it when I'm out of balance because I'm vulnerable to it. Well, there you go. And I, yeah. that's probably true for a lot of people. Yeah. It's, it, it is about the bacteria or the virus, but it's also about your own vulnerability to it. So wind is about change. And if you think about it in nature, it, it's windy when the barometer is shifting when a storm is coming or when weather is changing. So it really is more of a symbol or a reality of the change going on. And people do, in this country, it's interesting, people don't usually say, if you ask what weather makes you feel bad, they usually don't say wind. But in most parts of the world, they do. Um, and it's not that wind doesn't affect us, it's just that we don't have it in our consciousness that wind is affecting us. But people get sinus infection, sinus um, pressure, sinus headaches, when the barometer is shifting or they're the joints will ache or, you know, various other symptoms. They may get more irritable. Irritable. Yeah. Um, and they don't notice, they don't say it's the wind, although in even in England they'll say it's the wind that makes them feel that way. But it's it does have that effect. They will notice it. They just don't ascribe it to the wind. So what's happening that we're getting sick in regards to wind is that we are not able to tolerate the energy in particular generally of the of the wood element or of the liver which has to do with change and movement so if in ourselves we have difficulty processing that kind of changing we are going to react to the external circumstance um if it's very strong a lot of people react to it but some people react to it even if it's minor some people get headaches when the weather changes. Other people don't. Um, and it doesn't have to be a severe change. Uh, when the when Sandy came through here, I think it was the lowest barometer reading that they had had um, ever recorded for a storm. And a lot of people told me a few days later that they had really bad headaches. <clears throat> Excuse me. So it was... That was a really extraordinary event, so that it's not surprising that a lot of people would get headaches from it. But um, what we say in terms of protecting yourself is that you don't want to be exposed to more wind than you can tolerate. 
so you cover the the wind points in acupuncture around the head and neck mostly. So you want to keep your head and neck covered um, when it's very windy or very cold because that's where you're going to be more generally attacked by the wind or you're going to feel the attack of the wind. If your own body, if your own balance is such that it can move easily, you're not going to be affected as much by it as the person who has a hard time with change. And the same thing with the cold, because the cold is is associated with the winter, obviously. And um, if you have a hard time processing that going down and in uh, and being more internal, when the situation requires that you do that, you're going to have a reaction to it. So the more you can allow yourself that down and in, the more you'll be able to tolerate it being cold. So the more we work on our internal balance, the more we're able to... To process what's happening outside. Process what's happening outside. Beautiful. Yeah. And, yeah. and that, and we're talking, I'm talking about it as weather, but that's also, uh, you know, in terms of emotions and we generally live in ra- rather protected environments. I mean, I'm in heating and air conditioning and, you know, I've got walls around me and so on. So it doesn't, and I have lights and so on. So the external environment has an effect, not as much as it probably did back in history, but I experienced those same um, things in terms of the emotional uh, environment I live in or the social environment that I live in or whatever, that the same kinds of movement or lack of movement or constriction or whatever is out there in other ways. Am I making it too complicated? Um, I I think not. Okay. (laughs) Of course. You know, I know. I, I think. I think this is. Uh, I think this is a a, a good uh, in, way of looking at how to maintain health. That is not what we used to usually think of in our Western culture. You know, take yeah. take these vitamins. Take that, and that's all, of course, good because it's working on an internal terrain, but also on that energetic balance of being aware of where we are as human beings in the cycle is so valuable and not often acknowledged nearly enough. Yes. So, very good. <clears throat> Do you recommend, in terms of ways to uh, maintain that internal uh, balance, uh, we've sp- spoken about making, especially right now, making sure that there's a lot of, you're getting enough sleep, you're... Uh, keeping warm if you can uh what, do we talk about foods or uh beverages or is there any anything that you do pr- uh, as preventatives that uh that can help enhance that balance that you would recommend well i try to pay attention to what's going on with the person and what their own um uh their own habits are i remember many years ago a friend of mine who was from jamaica um, uh, I realized in talking to him that he was eating a diet of uh, lots of tropical fruits because that's what he grew up with. And I suggested to him in the winter, he said he was terrified of the winter. And I realized that he wasn't eating food that was really appropriate to the season. And 
So I suggested he eat more root vegetables, which are the kinds of things that you would have lasting through the winter. They're, they're more the, the root vegetables where the energy of life has gone into the root, which is what happens in the winter. And he ate more potatoes and carrots and, you know, all those kinds of things during the winter. And he came to me when I saw him in the spring. He said that's the first time he wasn't afraid of the winter and the snow. He actually went out and played in it. So that's an extreme example. But it's worth paying attention to. And we do live in semi-tropical environments because I live in a heated house. So it's not, even though it's winter outside, I, I don't have to withstand that as much. But it's a good thing to be in alignment with it. So eating things that exist, you know, meat does and fish does. and But root vegetables more than green leafy vegetables, although I still eat salad in the in the winter. But if you're having a hard time with the winter, you want to orient it more towards the things that would help you survive. So more cooked foods. And more cooked food. Yeah. um, Squashes, especially in this this climate. And um, I I suppose in California where it's warmer or Florida, you, you you would need to adapt too because even in, while it seems very, very hot to us, uh, if we're living in Maine, northern Maine, you go to Florida, it's 80 degrees, and it's still actually cooler. They're, they're having a winter. Yeah. <laughs> so It's not as obvious but to us, right. but it's... To them, it is. They know the difference. Oh, absolutely. I do, yeah. and 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 then I bring this up because we are streaming online, uh, you know, on, on the internet, and people are listening to this all over. So mm-hmm. uh, I I, I want to you know have a little shout out to uh, the Floridians who are tuning in to say yes, you, even though it's not 110 degrees, it's 80 degrees, you are experiencing winter, and you still need to eat what's appropriate for for the season. <laughs> Right, but we also have to keep some balance in that because we're not um, um, <clears throat> we're not living in as harsh an environment. Um, so that if I right. don't eat some, you know, summery kinds of things in the winter, uh, I may get out of imbalance because I need a little bit of that because I'm in a heated house, right, and in a heated office, right. and so on. So you don't want to go too extreme. But if you're having a hard time with it, it's a good idea pay attention to that how to stay warm how to stay balanced yeah and um yeah yeah. and you know they talk about i heard a doctor once on the on the news saying it's ridiculous that people say that they catch cold from getting chilled Uh he said it's from a virus it's not Uh, from getting chilled but he's wrong i mean he's right and he's wrong it is a virus but when there's a cold going around not everybody gets it not everybody gets the cold. So the virus doesn't affect everybody. If it were just the virus, then we would say that it's that everybody should get it who comes in contact with it. What happens is if we're stressed by getting cold or cold and wet or something like that, and our body's really having to fight that, we're more vulnerable to the virus. And so we do have to pay attention to keeping ourselves warm and dry and and not uh, under so much stress um, environmentally so that we're more uh, able to 
deal with something that comes at us that's invisible like a virus. So we also need to be mindful in our communities then of of how to, uh, there are people I know in Maine who don't have enough heat and yeah. who don't, you know, are living in a particular different situation. And I guess it's all of then our, our community responsibility as well to to kind of tweak and tune the system so that so that all of us uh, have a better chance of um that's true of that's maintaining true. that that balance with with good food and uh and 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 good warm clothing so that's that's a, a good way of uh doing a little pitch for uh for donating uh, what you don't need anymore Yes, and warm clothes. Along, warm clothes and, uh, and, and some money. And toward... some money, probably, if you're yeah. in a position to do that. Yeah. And that's yeah. all really part of, of that balance. Yeah. And, you know, the, the idea of scarcity is, is so ingrained in our, in our culture. And I think this medicine and the way that we're looking at the whole picture can, real, can possibly, with these balances, help us to be more relaxed. Mm-hmm. Uh, ab- about some of about some of these um, some of these issues, and then different culture, different aspects of of where we are in the in the in the country, are are, are also are also part of of understanding what winter is. So as we said in Puerto Rico, it's eighty degrees, but or maybe even ninety. But in the sum in the in the summer there, it's one hundred and twenty. <laughs> so yeah. well, and also you know we. <clears throat> Um, I, there was an acupuncture student here many years ago who came from um, Alaska, and she came to me for treatment in, in uh, the spring, and she said, and I'm in Maryland, um, she said that she didn't feel well because she felt like she hadn't had a winter because she was used to it being cold and very dark. Yes. And so very dark. I mean, you know, and she just felt like she hadn't, it was sort of like she had stayed up all night. And and so when spring came, she didn't feel refreshed because she was used to that. And so for her, the imbalance was my body's used to this. I need... I need some replenishment of the energy of the winter in order to be able to get into the spring because I didn't get it externally. And how obvious in 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 above the Arctic Circle or in you know the northern yeah, areas where it is absolutely dark, you yeah. do not see the sun, yeah, or very very briefly, or just you know for an hour. For an hour, so. <laughs> it depends on how how far south you are but for an hour it could be yeah or in the opposite in the in the summer i remember the sun was only set for an hour and a half when i was in northern uh, scotland yes i do (laughs) i I remember i certainly remember that yes uh being midnight it's it's uh it's still light out and that actually brings up uh, i was thinking of someone else who moved to maryland from um a desert area and she was having trouble with the um, fact that there were so many trees around. It was making her angry. Oh. Rhonda will laugh about this. It was making her angry <laughs> that there were so many trees and it was so green because the trees are the wood element and is associated with anger. But That's what it, it was was that she had lived in an arid climate where there were not many trees. There were more palm trees and stuff, but not so many. And so the energy of the wood wasn't as available in her environment and when she moved 
to a place that had a lot of wood energy, she couldn't tolerate it just because she wasn't used to it. And it must have felt very closed in to her as well. Yeah. Now, I, I lived in uh, and studied in New Mexico, and it was sunny almost every day. Mm-hmm. And I, I, some of us would wake up in the morning and go, oh, not again. <laughs> and we'd laugh about it, but it was that kind of thing as well when you grow up where it's not sunny every day i was i would loved it i would practically get everything done that i ever needed to get done when there was a rainy day or a snowy day it was finally such a relief <laughs> we we don't realize how affected we are by these things um or i've had friends come from um the southwest from where it's drier and come to Maryland in the summer when it's really humid and we're all going, oh, I can't stand the humidity. It's not the heat, it's the humidity. And they'd say, oh, it's so nice here. It's nice and moist. That's right. <laughs> so, you know, these balances are true inside of us and we get, we get used to something. Or I notice that people, that my memory is that I could tolerate heat better than I can now because I live in air conditioning. Oh, that's interesting. Well, And that when it's hot, I just can't, I mean, I, I can't imagine living without air conditioning when it's really hot. And, um, <clears throat> and I can't function very well. When we had our power was out for four days in the summer from a storm, and I, we could just, it was hard to get anything done. But I certainly, when I grew up, we didn't have air conditioning uh, or very much of it a lot of my childhood and you know i mean it was that i was younger but still i think it's what we get used to. we got used to and we're and we are separating ourselves from all of those uh, elements and i know we only have a few minutes left but um i think everyone can relate to those stories of how we have separated ourselves from what's what's happening outside and that's part of our imbalances as well um, well, that's true, and also that that what it points to is what we're lacking in ourselves, in our so that our ability, like the woman who came from Alaska, she was lacking enough uh, of the winter water energy to get through to the spring. It wasn't just that she needed to go back to Alaska; it was that she was pointing out that she didn't get enough of that inside of herself, and that. You know, even though it was light outside, she needed to go to bed earlier. That's <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, that you need to see what it is that's keeping you from getting through the situation and work on balancing it. I, I do want to say, we do have a couple of minutes left, but it, for those who have just tuned in, uh, this is Healthy Options on WERU. I'm Rhonda Feynman, and we're speaking with acupuncturist and herbalist Zoe Brenner about the principles and benefits of East Asian medicine, medicine and staying healthy during during the winter the winter months. You know, I am reminded of, uh, on that note, of uh, having a, uh, visiting someone in, in Puerto Rico, and it was the winter, and no one was, the only people swimming were tourists, because it was winter <laughs> and it was too cold. And I was there on Memorial Day weekend, and summer begins on Memorial Day weekend uh, there, you know, culturally. So, while on Friday it was too cold because it was winter, on Sunday it was absolutely warm enough, and uh, everybody was out again. <laughs> so. 
And, well, but it's how it's how we do that in, in, uh, in our in our in our world. Um, but I, I want to sum up because we do only have a few minutes left. All what we're what we have been talking about and what we can do as we go into this crazy transition time outside. Uh, in in terms of it, is it fall? Is it winter? So I, I'd like to just sum it up again. Eat, eat, cook foods. Be relaxed. Um, sleep. Do lots of breathing, right? <laughs> what, what, what are we forgetting? Let go, let go of what you don't need and recycle it. Give it to people or, or just recycle it in some way. You don't need it. You'll be better. You'll be lighter. <laughs> You'll be better and lighter. And, um, and more fulfilled. What, what, re- remind yourself of what's essential, rather, because... The fluorescence is in the summer. The essential things are in the fall and the winter. Yes, and yeah. and, and focusing we, inward. Yeah. Yes, and we we definitely do um, want to remember that. Now, Zoe, if anyone wants to reach you, is there a, a way that they can uh, look at some of the work you've done or uh, of your website? And uh, my website is just as simple as zoebrenner.net. Okay. And. Um, uh, I, yes, that's good. Yeah, and I think I think there's references on there for uh, some of the things that I've written. Um, well, no, that's great. Um, and we're we're not quite done yet, but I just wanted to uh, to let everybody know about all of that. And I do want to also tell people that this program is archived uh, along with other healthy options programs, and you can listen to that and download it at weru.org and. Um, uh, you know, I want. I guess uh, the 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 last the last uh, things to to talk about is is just that breath, right? Just just to what do we have with us all the time that that we can? We don't have to do anything, you know. Uh, we can just take a moment to be mindful of what's happening in the moment as you breathe in and out. Yes, that's yes. that's uh, very simply just tune in to. Breathing in, taking in what's necessary, and letting go of what's not. There is no question that we can do that. Mm. Wow, we are um, just about out of time here. And I want to thank you, Zoe, so much um, for joining us on Healthy Options today. Thanking uh, Zoe Brenner. And again, everything is going to be posted on our website right here at uh, 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 weru.org. And if you have any questions, you can also call me, Rhonda Feynman, at 338-4454. Or, and uh, any time uh, you can uh, continue breathing, you can continue giving things away, you can continue taking in what you need. And Zoe, thank you so much. Well, thank you, you so much for, uh, for making this, uh, this all happen. I want to thank Amy Brown, Uh, for engineering, Petra Hall for her production assistance, and I'm Rhonda Feynman wishing you a healthy, happy winter season and uh, just remembering and keeping that balance of the ability to breathe in and out. Thank you, Zoe. Support for WERU Health.